it's me. That's what I told her, Dawn, running into her at CVS. I was like, hey. And she turned around and clearly said hello as though she was saying hello to someone she barely knew or had never even really met. Or actually, it was more like, it's me, Cindy. I said, motioning to the mask and ski cap pulled down to the top of my glasses. So, okay, maybe I wasn't so easy to recognize. And I watched the light of recognition flicker, and then we both had a good laugh, because there's no way that were I not covered up as though I was about to rob the place, she wouldn't know me. But it's one of the unexpected side effects of this mask wearing. It's unintentional disguise making people harder to recognize, at least sometimes. I mean, as a rule, that shouldn't be true, or at least maybe only on rare occasions, unless it's people you barely knew which happened to me all the time, even before the disguise thing. My friend John, who sports a shaved head and black rim glasses, says other guys with shaved heads and black glasses are getting mistaken for him. According to at least one friend who told John, he thought the two of them were having a conversation until he realized the guy he was talking to was not John. (laughs) I guess when you toss on a hat and cover three-fifths of your face and then muffle the voice on top of it, somebody could get it wrong for a couple of minutes. I was at the deli the other day, and the woman next to me, well, six feet away from me, you know, social distancing, was ordering, and the guy behind the counter kept going, what? Excuse me? And she kept repeating it, and I finally said, oh, do you want <laughs> I can't imagine how he can't understand you. Then we both had a good laugh over the goofiness of masks and how they have added another layer of complexity to life, like it was ever simple. But really, don't you look back at the olden days and feel all wistful about just walking in a store without slipping on your safety suit? But here we are, again, still here. Are you feeling used to it yet? Because I still half the time get out of my car and start heading into wherever before I realize I've left the mask in the car. I've been looking at what people choose to wear. While Tim Gunn says there should be no attempt to bring fashion to masks, just everyone should wear blue paper and be done with it. Not everyone agrees. There's a woman at ShopRite who has a mask covered with sequins. So glittery. But how do you wash it? And how do you breathe? There are those masks printed with animal mouths. Weird. I think I told you the woman behind the deli counter at ShopRite had hers on upside down. (laughs) I was like, that doesn't work, ma'am. And have you seen the clear plastic? Now, I haven't actually seen anybody wearing them, but I've seen ads for them. It's clear plastic. A mask, so people could still see your whole face. I bet Dawn would have recognized me if I had one of those on, unless it was fogged up like my glasses get. That's a challenge, the fogged up glasses. But what about this isn't a challenge? Even just remembering that life is not normal at this point is a challenge. And who wants to have to constantly remind yourself that life is not normal? But I have to figure this is a learning experience. Of course I have to, because I can't go through this without at least trying to find something good that's going to come out of it. It's the way my mind works. And what am I learning? Um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. But I know there's got to be something like I'm rolling with a lot more stuff than maybe I used to. Or maybe I did already. It's just serving me better now. It's a much better mindset than viewing everything through some filter that makes it all earth-shattering. I could not sustain that for too long. But even with my rolling with it, I'm still weighted down by the details, the peculiarity of it all, the random restlessness, the bounce of anxiety and boredom. And sometimes I just have nothing to say that I haven't already said So many times I am boring myself stupid. Times like that, I figure I'll just stop talking. 
Because what happens almost 100% of the time is you start talking with somebody about anything, and midway through, before you wrap up the conversation in part ways, you're talking about this, all of it, COVID, masks, how weird it is, what's going to happen, how long is it going to continue? And since none of it really makes sense, those conversations are just purely about venting rather than resolving anything. And odds are you're only rarely sharing something that the other person doesn't know or hadn't already thought of yet. So it's like, blah, 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 Ginger. Oh, I do the Ginger thing because that's from a Gary Larson cartoon. Two frames. The first one captured what you say. And the guy is talking to his dog saying, sit down, sit down. Come on, sit, Ginger, sit. And the second frame is what they hear. And he's saying, blah, 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 Ginger. That's what I hear when I start talking about life in the age of COVID. Blah, blah, blah. It's frustrating because... With most problems in life, or can we agree that at least with a good portion of the problems in life, there is a solution. And if you work on it long enough, you can figure out the path to resolve it, to get back over to the sunny side of the street. But there's no working this out. It's just patience waiting for it to be controlled and no longer an active threat, combined with coming up with parlor tricks to keep yourself grounded enough to still be okay once it's behind us. So it becomes about active coping tricks. I've become aware of mine, and I know I've admitted some of them already, but it really hit home this week when I came home from shopping, and I couldn't find space to put the new groceries away. If you came into my house and went in the kitchen, you would swear a family of five or six lives here, but no, they don't, and yet opening my pantry or fridge tells another story. The story of a woman who apparently finds great comfort in food, great comfort in great amounts of food, an abundance of food, and yet it winds up like opening a closet full of clothes and saying you have nothing to wear, scanning jam-packed cabinets in a refrigerator, and inevitably just grabbing the jar of peanuts. Because everything else turns out is ingredients for all those recipes I'm probably not going to make. I love them on Pinterest, but I have such little desire to invest the time and focus on putting everything together. Focus, like I can ever do that. Usually I just want something delicious when I want it, not 30 minutes or an hour later. It's true I could go into the kitchen before I'm hungry, but I never think to do that. And sleeping, well, that's a little different than it should be. I've been waking up way too early for quite a while now. It made sense early on in the days of what's happening when excess stress kept pumping a steady supply of adrenaline. Who could sleep through that? And I've been trying to figure out if maybe I was still feeling a lot of anxiety, only now I'm so used to it I don't notice the anxiety anymore, but it's still interrupting my sleep. I don't like that idea. But whatever it is, I'm waking up way before any hint of daylight. And I find it disheartening and disappointing. But the other morning, apparently, I woke up a split second before Kebster the Destroyer dinged the ring bowl on the dresser. It turns out that tiny little ping has been his stealth alarm clock for these past few months. It seems he must have liked how the stress was getting me up early, and he's figured out a way to keep that going. Animals, what do they care? And it got me thinking about the differences between how they're feeling about this period of time comparing to how it's making me or you feel. I call this 2020 for the dogs. Ginger, hey, Ginger, come here. Hi, Dad, what do you, hey, can I lick that ball? 
Yeah, hold on. Wait till I put it down. You're like an animal. Well, I, I am an animal. I know. I meant you're acting like an animal, like you'll take my arm off if I don't get it down to you fast enough. Just sit. I am sitting. Oh, hurry up. That was great. Thank you. Hey, wait. I haven't licked it sufficiently. Oh, What's wrong? Hi, Dad. I'm so happy to see you again. Want to play? Want to go for a walk? Want to give me some treats? What was the howling about? Oh, Dad. I just missed you so much. I just went into the next room. I couldn't see you. But now that you're here, want to do something? Oh, listen. We've been locked in this house together pretty much constantly. Is that a problem for you? Because I'm sitting here thinking life is about as good as it can get. Well, it was okay for a while. But do you realize we've been doing this since March? March. Is that like sit-stay? I don't know that one. No, it's it's time. How much time we've been here, just here in the uh, house, or for a change of scenery in the yard. Oh, oh, the yard. I love the yard. Don't you love the yard? Want to go play? No, in the I'm y- gonna go plant myself on the couch. Come on, Dad. I'd rather go out for a walk to a movie, a concert, shopping, lunch with friends. And- Wait, not with me. That hardly seems fair. I'd like to go to the dog park. Will we ever go back to the dog park? I'm sure Stan and Tiger and Maria are wondering why we're not showing up. Oh, they haven't been there either. But oh. at some point, we'll go back. Oh, what was that for? You seem a little sad. I thought a nice lick would lift your spirits. Plus, I thought maybe there'd be a piece of food on your cheek, but I was mistaken. Where are you going now? Going to the couch. Maybe you'd cheer up if we played a little tug-of-war with a sock. Or you could throw the ball, and I'd get it and bring it back. I love that game. Nothing personal, okay? I just don't feel much like playing. All this being at home is getting to me. You don't love it? Is that just me? Because I've never been happier. You're here every morning, even though breakfast is later than I'm used to. And I get to hunt for crumbs around the couch. I love that, too. And we have so much fun. Like that day you tried to teach me to balance a cookie on my snout. That was the best day ever. And I never have to sit at the window wondering if you'll ever come home again. Because you're always home. That's really cut down my anxiety. Is this not perfect for you, too? Don't get me wrong. You're a great companion. Thank you. You're welcome. But this having to be home is getting to me. I'm feeling bored, restless, antsy, anxious, worried, sad, and lonely. Lonely? Am I not? Okay. Only sort of lonely sometimes for friends and family. Must be hard being a human. No one always cheers me up. Food. Obviously. But I mean, what would cheer you up? You need something to get your mind off your troubles. Something to give you a sense of accomplishment. And getting some fresh air would also really lift your spirit. Oh, you're not going to suggest another walk, are you? No. I have a better idea. How about you grab that brand new box of milk bones and let's go out in the backyard because I'm pretty sure today's the day I'm going to perfect balancing a cookie on my nose. (laughs) That's Jim as the guy. At least we have friends as we're going through this, even if they don't always recognize you when you're wearing your mask. Sometimes I share really helpful ideas on getting through this whole Michigas. Sometimes I just complain. But if you want to hear more, you could subscribe to the It's Me, Cindy podcast. There's a whole sub-series on coping with COVID and plenty more episodes just trying to make life a little easier, a little lighter, a little less stressful, and about as much fun as we can get our paws on.